When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Bears Nation Podcast, powered by ONTAP Sports Network. Football. You like to play football? Football, of course. It's a football game. Can we watch, Daddy? Bears Nation. It's training camp. I think we're in a good spot right now. You know, the Chicago Bear way is to run the football, stop the run. The biggest thing we need to do is be more consistent. I got this report from Chicago. If you're at training camp, you see the chemistry him and Justin have built. You got to be excited for what the season is going to look like. I'd like one ticket to Chicago. Chicago! When does it happen? It's the Bears Nation podcast. We've got to get through to Chicago. Here's your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. Fit right into the hits principle. They're talented. It's Bears Nation, baby. Let's go. All right, we are back. It is Wednesday, August 2nd, and training camp has started. Bears football has basically started officially, I guess. The games haven't started, but Bears football is back in our lives. So Bears Nation podcast is back. Myself, Jake Hassan, joined as always by Kevin Lapke, and of course, as always, brought to you by OnTap Sportsnet, your center for all things Chicago sports. We had a week of training camp, Kevin, about uh, a little over a week ago, we had an episode previewing training camp, and now here we are, had some takeaways, we've had articles, we've had videos, we've had other podcasts, this one, of course, being the best, but obviously, now we get to get into it, we have stuff to break down, we've seen the rookies, we've seen Justin Fields, and I mean, we're here, I mean, this is basically it, the Hall of Fame game is tomorrow, preseason starts in, I think, 10 days, we made it, it's here. I've never been so I every time of <laughs> this time of year I get so excited to watch the most meaningless football game of all time. Yeah. Like the Hall yep. of Fame game is the dumbest game of all it's, it's big so nothing. bad. But I like last year, like Josh Jacobs was like running people into the ground in the Hall of Fame game and everyone was running what the hell was going on. And I was like, this I just I needed it. I need this tomorrow. I need Browns Jets. By the time you listen to this, game's probably over. I will be betting money on Browns Jets. I apologize. Oh my god. Absolutely You're nobody. A you're sick. You're <laughs> this sick. This is what we do. I, don't lie. You're going to talk about it on the shows tomorrow. You guys are going to talk about the Hall of Fame. Well, things. yeah, because that's our job. We're not going to put actual money on it. I'd rather bet the, the golf or the baseball, something else. I'm changing my camera because I don't like the angle. Um, but anyway, I digress. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not going to put there's... actual money on the Hall of Fame game, Kevin, because I'm a man who has standards. I have morals. I don't care about Zach Wilson and, and uh, Kellen Mond. I'm good. Sounds great. Sounds amazing. Oh, I can't. I, I love it. And, and you know what? Save your money and just be one of the 18.7% of people at Points Bet USA who are putting their money on Justin Fields to an MVP like me. You can be like me. See, I had the well, foresight no, months let's ago. Be fair. Let's be clear. I'm the leader you're, of this. You're, you're Justin Fields MVP as in a parlay that will not win. That's uh, fair. Okay. But I no. will single bet it as well. <laughs> but it isn't a parlay that could win. But nonetheless, that was uh, that was interesting. We'll break one that day, down. one day I will get through to you. One day you will. This can't, I'm going to keep messing with this because I just don't. I don't like the angle right now. It's, you know, you move and things change. And Jake, you look never great good. at whatever angle it is. Thanks okay, that. that's uh, that. 
Yeah, you should appreciate it. But we have a lot to talk about with Bears training camp. Again, we haven't been there. Jake and I haven't, but um, we're, we're working people. We got things to do. But we've seen everything on the Internet. We've seen all the socials and the reports and, and listened to the press conferences. And there certainly is a lot to break down. And just kind of a disclaimer, you know, I, I feel like every year, like positive, negative, like people need to be brought back to earth. This is training camp. Regardless of the situation, the, <laughs> usually it's me, but I'm talking about both ways. The people who are too negative need to be brought back to earth and people who are too positive need to be brought back to earth. Like it's training camp. Teams are going through different things. I've heard a lot today about, you know, the offense struggled today, Wednesday, August 2nd. All you're seeing from Bears Twitter is the offense really struggled today. Defense won the day. You know, last that's not that's, that last couple of days. It's good thing, bad thing, right? You don't, you know, you don't know what to think about it. But this is a very complex offense with some new pieces that have to learn it, right? I, I'm not going to just sit here after one day and say everything's a mess. And I know people are saying that about the Packers. I'm not willing to say that about them either. Although, well, to be fair, it's Jordan Bay. Love saying that about his own team. It's not just well, people. True. It's the starting quarterback who's saying <laughs> okay, that about his team. That's different. That's different. But there's uh there's still there's still stuff to take away i'm not saying it's all wish what like it, it's all nothing like there is stuff to take away but we all need to kind of still be you know brought back to the medium brought back to earth but let's start with this what we've been hearing about the offense right so there's been uh, a lot of speculation that before the pads went on the offense looked great and that connection with dj moore and justin fields is absolutely thriving they look like a duo that could be you know top 10 from reduction standpoint in the nfl this year and justin fields hitting deep balls to tyler scott Chase Claypool has been one of the standouts of camp, and Darnell Mooney looks to be recovered from his injury. But since the pads went on on Tuesday, it appears that the defense has been winning the day, specifically, uh, you know, in the secondary with Jaquan Brisker getting two interceptions today on Wednesday. Kyler Gordon also getting an interception with that sick ass celebration. Did you see that celebration? Yeah, that I mean, be top five like, celebration. I mean, we talked about this. I mean, what last week, and I think the episode before that as well. This could be a Kyler Gordon year. Like he had his ups and downs last year, but he comes into training camp is excited. And we always said that he was going to be better in nickel. Like that was just always a thing with Kyler Gordon, like outside he could play it, but it wasn't one of his strengths. And now here we are. Nickel is his strength. And it certainly looks like it at this point. I mean, they're calling him Spider-Man because of his spidey senses. Like this could be a Kyler Gordon year. Obviously it's training camp. The pads just went on. We're not going to overhype anything, but this is something that we said to keep an eye on because it's a potentially upward arrow for a key player on the defense you're absolutely right i mean we pegged kyler gordon for the entirety of this offseason saying hey returning to his natural position really since tyreek stevenson was drafted let, let, let's put it that way because we knew I that mean, he before was that i mean going into the offseason we we're saying that this could be an option right yeah i mean you just kind of assumed he would go to nickel and they would you know, solve something at outside corner and they did do that and now he's there and he's thriving and this is going to be a really really exciting year for him and just seeing what he's been able to do and seeing like Jalen Johnson, this is a prove it year for him. He's gonna have to lock it down. And Tyreek Stevenson's contract year. This is this is uh, an important year, not important year, but it's critical for Tyreek Steven to play well. Stevenson to play well because if Jalen Johnson, um, you know, struggles, then they're gonna pick on Tyreek Stevenson a hell of a lot. And as a you know, a second round rookie, that's uh, it's a tall task against some of the receivers that they have in the NFC North, but. I just, I, this secondary has been the talk of training camp for me. And we talked about the potential that they have, and it's kind of coming to fruition. Let's talk about Jaquan Brisker as well. Two interceptions today. The, he's one of the guys I have for our finger training camp segment later. Uh, he is growing and developing into what is expected for me to be a pro bowl season. And we're going to talk to his trainer potentially next week. Uh, Dwayne Brown might come join the show and talk about the things that they worked on in the off season. 
Um, but he looks the part right now. He's playing hard. He's playing with a lot of intensity. And that's the other thing, Jake, about today. And Justin Fields said in the press conference, he had to gather the offense after practice today and say, hey, we need to match the defense's energy, which I actually don't hate. There's a lot of people that said that is a problem. It's not great, but also you know that you're getting that nasty and that energy of the defense that hasn't existed since 2018. I mean, this has been a lackluster defense that wasn't able to tackle, that wasn't getting after the football, right? They let the football roll around if it was on the ground, even after the whistle blow, even though the standards just pick up the ball. Regardless, this has been a lazy defense for the past few years. I'm glad to see that they are setting the tone, but step two is the offense has to match and exceed that tone. And I think they'll get to that point, but your reaction to that, is that a positive or negative thing for you to hear that Justin Fields had to gather the team and say, we got to match the energy of the defense? I mean, it's not great. It's not like, I get what you're saying that it's not a problem. And from us, if you want to spin it in the way that, okay, Justin Fields is truly coming into his own as a leader on this team. Okay. Justin Fields is starting to, you know, really become the face of this team. Okay, fine. I'll hear that argument. But it isn't great. I mean, I get that there's feeling out process for how everyone's going to have their role in the offense, new additions on the offensive line, which we talked about last week, and kind of the feeling out. But the defense is going through the, the same situation. They have two new linebackers there, a lot of new defensive linemen, a new starting corner, Eddie Jackson coming back into the fold after being injured. Like, I get it. There's more veterans there to kind of not handhold, but set an example and say, all right, you do this, you do that, you do this. Okay. Good. Great. Awesome. And it helps when Jaquan Brisker's one of your standouts. He's going into his second year. Uh, he's talking about how he feels more comfortable. And obviously, TJ Edwards and Terrell Mins have been in the league for a long time. They're established guys. They're respected. So they can walk in there and say, all right, like, well, let's fucking go. Here we are. Like, let's do it. Whereas, okay, it's good that Justin Fields is doing that. And, you know, in his whatever third year now, and we hope that he takes the leap. And it seems like mentally, at least at the start, he is. But, you know, Khalil Herbert, who's been injured, and then you have uh, Deonta Foreman, who's a newcomer and a rookie running back, and Rashawn Johnson. And then you have Chase Claypool, who's still finding his role on this team. DJ Moore clearly is going to be your number one, but maybe isn't the most outspoken guy in the locker room. Or yet. I mean, we've seen on the field, he's very outspoken. You know, the infamous helmet toss that lost the Panthers the game last year. But, you know, I feel like maybe there's more moving parts on the offense, so maybe that's part of the issue. But it's still not great because you've had a long time. It's been a week. I know the pads just went on today, but it's been a week. You've been there for a week doing drills and doing all this stuff. Like if is the pads going on really that big of a change or has this been happening for a week and we're just now hearing about it? Cause that might be probably not might be that is more concerning if that's the case. And obviously we're speculating. I don't know anything. You don't know anything, but if this has been the case for a week and we just haven't heard about it yet. And now we're waiting for Justin Fields to tell us, oh, yeah, you know, it's on me. I got to get the guys going and da, da 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 That's not great. And again, this is speculation. I have no idea if that's the choice. Or maybe it was just today. Maybe it's been fine. Or maybe he has done that. And today he did it. And he's like, yeah, you know, today I had to do this. I don't know. Yeah. And that's part of the beauty. Or maybe if, if you're on the other side, the worst part about training camp is we just don't know. And maybe this is just a, 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 a in the scope of this vacuum of today, but it's open to interpretation. It, it sure is. And, you know, the leadership aspect of it is important, right? Justin Fields, Gavin, guys, but that's never really been a problem with him, right? Like 
going into Mitch Trubisky's second and third year, there was a lot to figure out from him on the field, but there was also a lot of people clamoring, hey, Mitch has to develop as a leader. And that was one of the largest, it was the intangible aspects of his game that really worried people like me. Um, and with Justin Fields, that's not a worry. Like, you know, that's there, but it's it's about the rest of the guys on that offense setting the tone. And I honestly think it starts with the offensive line. I mean, you are bringing, you brought in a player in Donald Wright who is supposed to bring you back to that cow long era of offensive line uh, play where you're really setting the tone. You're bringing that nasty. You're dominating the line of scrimmage and you're just, you're just setting the tone up front. And that's what you have to do. And they should be doing that because when you look at the defensive front, you can't be getting dominated by Gervon Dexter, Zach Pickens, Dominique Robinson. Like you cannot be getting dominated by those guys. The offense sure. has to absolutely be setting the tone and saying, Hey, we're controlling the line of scrimmage. We're pushing it down the field in practice. We're scoring touchdowns. And I saw the video of Chase Claypool catching a ball and Cole Komet tackling him and probably almost injuring him. Cause that's a pretty large man falling on him. <laughs> that's uh, not great. But like, there's moments like that where it feels like, I don't like it. It was maybe just a singular day thing today, Wednesday that this happened, but that's not an excuse. It can't happen any day, right? Because if you take one week off in the NFL, that could define your whole season. You can't just take a day off in practice. You can't take a week off in the NFL. You play how you practice. And if you're not bringing it every single day of practice, then you're you're not going to be expected to bring it every single week throughout the entirety of the season. So I don't want to hear any more of that, of, hey, the offense didn't have the energy today. I, I, I know they had a longer practice. It was a two-hour, 20-minute practice, and they usually practice for about hour 30, hour 40. I get that. Maybe they were fatigued. I know it's hot out there. Um, but you know, like you're saying, defense is out there for the same amount of time and they weren't fatigued. So it can be discouraging. And when you're having a struggling day, right. It seemed like the offense just struggled all day. And maybe they got to the final 20 minutes of that practice and they're struggling. Like, you know, fuck this. It's 89 degrees. We're, we're having a tough time. Like, you know, you kind of give up, but again, I don't care if it's practice. That's, that's, that's the makings of a undisciplined football team. So I, I would like to see not just Justin Fields, you know, correcting that, but you know, in, in the team meeting tomorrow, Matt Eberflus better be on their ass and say, Hey, this can't happen again. Um, shout out to the defense for setting the tone, but offense, you guys gotta, you know, you know, keep that energy going the entire time. I'm Scott's in the chat says I attended Friday and Monday, the offense was buzzing and making consistent plays. There will always be bad practices. And I agree. Like, this is why I prefaced sure. the entire podcast with this is there's going to be bad practices, right? Just as there's bad weeks of football throughout the season there's going to be bad practices um it's just going to happen you're going to lose practices but it's just the fact that this whole energy thing existed like i don't mind that they had a bad day there's a lot of people freaking out about how they bad had a bad day it's going to happen especially in this offense that's gonna that's a complex offense right the luke's gets the offense is very hard to learn and that's not an excuse either but it could be a factor um i just I, i i'm i'm not I'm not too concerned about it. Let's talk. Do you have anything else on that? Because I want I want to pivot. To I it. just I'm out on the heat conversation. Like I'm I'm out oh on that. like I'm, I'm out on. Oh, I mean, it's sure, hot out yeah. there. You don't think it's going to be hot in Tampa on September 17th? You don't think it's going to be hot in Kansas City on September 24th? It's going to be scorching. It's going to be very very hot. So I'm kind of out on that. I get it. Like if you're out there for two three plus hours, but like the length of the game, <laughs> the length of a game. It just it is so. <laughs> You know, I'm out on the temperature conversation, but you're right. Like your overall point that there's going to be ups and downs. I think people just freak out because it's reminiscent of the Mitch Trubisky through three interceptions in practice day. You, you know, oh. like it's, that's what it's reminiscent of. So, you know, we're, we're trauma. <laughs> we're it's, it's trauma dumping as bears fans were scarred. You know, it's, it's hard to push through that. It's so funny that you say that because I, be, it, so no, yeah, it was this week on the better angle. You were, you were not. It was it was Cam and Kay and the show that I run on Saturdays on the Betfield Network. 
we were talking about the Bears. We were talking about win totals, and Cam and I, you know, got up to ten when we went through the schedule. And there's so much, oh. like, like there's so, and, and that's that's for the podcast the, the week before the season when we do our official our official record predictions. The lock get in there. Um, you know, yeah, you can find ten wins on that schedule. You. you can find ten wins on that schedule, but. Sure, because you. we are traumatized as fans of this team, specifically as viewers of the quarterback position, there is some you may not recognize it, but there is something deep inside of you that just has some sort of pessimism or non-belief that Justin Fields and this team cannot be good because it has never happened before. You can deny it all you want, but there is something inside of you. you if you're listening to this in your car, if you're watching right now, I don't care where you are, you cannot deny that part of you believes that this whole thing will not work out because history and trauma have told you that it won't with this franchise. And I just implore you to, to try to find it within, find that deep down inside and just get rid of it. Wipe it away. History is the past. The past is the past. This is a new era of football. This is a very new, fresh era of Bears football, right? And a new time we where ownership, we, we hope. hope. You have a guy like Kevin Warren in the building. You have a different kind of general manager in Ryan Poles, a former player who understands what's going on, has a true connection with the players. You have ownership maybe taking a step away, even though Virginia McCaskey was there taking photos. I don't know how she's still hanging in there. Credit to her, man. She's uh, She is incredible at that age, but... I just try to implore you to find it. What? She's, that, was just, that was just an interesting way to say that. That was just. That was just I'm, I'm, that's. I, hey, she is incredible for her age. She's a hundred. No, she's not hundred yet. She's a hundred. She no, turned a hundred like yes, she is. She was born in 1923, my guy. She was born 19. That is that is so wild. Shout out to Virginia. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jake's trying to fact check. Yeah. Okay. I think I know how old the owner of my franchise is, chairman or whatever. Well, it's her franchise, technically. Her franchise. Um, anyway. yo, it's her franchise. Well, it's gonna be my franchise. I'm gonna own the team. For that. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah, it's it's uh, manifestation. Right. Find it within to get rid of all of the trauma and history that is telling you that the things that you believe and expect from Justin Fields cannot happen. These things can happen. He can throw for 4,000 yards. He can win the MVP. The bears can be great with a great passing offense. These things can happen. Like there's so many people I talk to when I say, Hey, the bears can win 10 games and Justin Fields can be an all pro quarterback this year. And like, no. And I'm like, what's your reasoning? Like, oh, it's the bears. It's never happened before. Like I, I just, you have to reject that thought the same way we look at the lions. There's so many people that are saying that same blank ass statement about the lions. Well, you know, the lions aren't great. Cause they're just, the lions are going to be a good team this year. That's just the way yeah. it's going to be. I don't care if the lions were bad for the past 70 years. It doesn't matter. They're a better team. They're in a new era as well. And I hope yeah. Don bird doesn't come in the chat and hear me, you know, talking nice about the lions, but just reject the past. This is a new era, and you have no reason to believe that this team can't be great because of things that have happened in the past. So that was a tangent. Let's um let's talk about Chase Claypool. It's a player I really want to highlight right now because he's you know was obviously coming off the PUP list. People think thought he wouldn't really be healthy for training camp, but he's he's showing out right now. He's making plays, and you know he's really making a case for himself. And I think there's a lot of people who are kind of remembering the type of player Chase Claypool was before he came to the Bears via trade. Um, for whatever reason, didn't work out for those final few weeks, right? He wasn't acclimated in the offense. He wasn't getting a ton of targets from Justin Fields. Whatever it may be, there you, you could name a million reasons. But are you encouraged by what you've been hearing about Chase Claypool thus far? And do you have a, a, a brighter optimism about what he could potentially do this year? I mean, 
Yes, but only because the bar was so damn low. Like after he got here, it was that first game. Okay. There was a couple plays where he looked athletic and he looked explosive, but for small gains and then it disappeared. And then we were like, okay, well, he's getting adjusted. And then it's never happened, never happened, never happened. Opens, you know, this year, I guess we could say on the PUP list immediately comes off it, which we talked about last week, a huge, nothing, but yeah, I mean, I'm encouraged obviously, because again, the bar was just so damn low. Like, we're expecting him to be what two at best. No, like, see, he's not I, number one anymore. Are you really looking at it that way though? Like I, because the way I look at it, Jake, is I'm expecting Chase Claypool from his prime years in, in Pittsburgh. He's too young to not expect that. I guess, but even in his prime years, he was never a bona fide number one. Sure. Right. Like right. that was never like you could project that. I guess if you had really rose tinted glasses on, but. At the end of the day, like Chase Claypool is your two or three, uh, you know, you hope that he can like match the production of a low end one, maybe, but yeah, I mean, sure. I'm encouraged. Like to answer your question. Yes. Like that he's out there, that he's healthy, that Justin Fields seemingly is looking for him in practice mm-hmm. and getting him involved. Yes. That's encouraging. Just from the pure standpoint of the more guys that Justin Fields has a connection with going into the season, the better. So <laughs> yeah. That's basically like, if you want to look at it that way, if you want to look at it as, okay, you have another big athletic guy to high point catches and maybe be a, 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 something in the end zone. Sure. Um, so yes, to answer your question, I am encouraged. I'm cautiously optimistic that Chase Claypool can be your solid number two option. But again, it's camp. Like we're not really like, who's going to tell us that, oh, Chase Claypool right. sucks. Like, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's pretty hard to suck at camp. Like, like let's make sure. that. It's pretty hard yeah. to be bad. Like uh, it's easier for defenders to be bad because you can get picked on a one V ones, but it's pretty hard for wide receivers to be bad. You know what I mean? Uh, But it's, it's not that he's not being bad. It's that he's looking pretty good. Like he's, he's making plays. He's looking, he's involved. He's he's in separation. He's involved. Right. And and, and again, I think, I think the most important aspect that you brought up is it's really the chemistry with Justin Fields. Like I thought, and this was kind of a criticism for me on Justin last year, he wasn't really giving Chase Claypool opportunities to, to show what he does best. Like if you think about the one game that Fields didn't play in when Claypool was on the Bears was that Jets game when Simeon played and obviously the Bears were getting blown out and Trevor Simeon kind of came in there and said, you know what? Let's well, just and you're trying up to, to Chase Claypool. And you're trying to, yeah, you're actively tanking and just yeah. uh, oh, the phenomenal tank job. But Trevor Simeon is like, F it, Chase Claypool's down there somewhere throwing him up the ball, <laughs> and, and Chase Claypool's coming down with it. And and that's the mentality that Justin Fields needs to adopt with players like Chase Claypool, maybe not players like DJ Moore, but when you have larger bodies like Cole Komet and like Chase Claypool, you have the ability to do that. And for a lot of Bears fans who have criticisms of Justin Fields about you know, it's going to happen a lot this year because they don't want to see him run as much. They want to see him throw in situations where he could run. Well, those are situations where he should be doing it. If you have Chase Claypool one-on-one on a defender who's five inches shorter than him, there's no reason not to throw it up to that guy. That sure. is a, a chance will come down with it or at least break it up and it won't get intercepted. Um, but I am very encouraged by, by what I'm hearing and seeing from Chase Claypool thus far. I, I think he has the potential to really round out a, a really impressive receivers room. Like from what we've heard from Tyler Scott and even Bayless Jones is apparently doing some nice things. Again, he, he's sort of a player where it's like, again, it's camp. It, it's hard to be bad. Like you're not really going to know a lot when it comes to him. Kevin White but, season. Kevin White season. Oh God. Yeah, that's exactly right. But 
I am very, very, very encouraged about this entire receiving group and just weapon offensive weapons as a whole. Like Robert Tunyon's making plays. Like I don't think people yeah. are talking enough about what that guy can do in the red zone and what he's done in the red zone in the past, especially that one year with Green Bay when I think he had like 10 plus touchdowns, maybe up there in like 12, 13, um, in like 2020, the COVID season, I think that was. So I'm just, I'm, I'm really, really encouraged by what the playmakers on offense can do. And we talked a lot in the off season about the dynamic um, offense that they have and just the different types of pieces. And it looks like they're utilizing that in camp. And it's just the flexibility that they're going to have on offense, especially in the red zone is, is going to be tremendous. So that's a really, really uh, encouraging sight to see. Yeah, and that's and, and that's everybody. I, I mean, this this Chase Claypool conversation extends to everybody, to Cole Komet, to Robert Tunney, and everyone who's involved. The more that you hear about Justin Fields trying to get them involved in camp, the more possibility that that translates over to the season and you see a more well-rounded offense. Because if all we were hearing was DJ Moore, DJ Moore, DJ Moore, and obviously we want to. He's supposed to be your number mm-hmm. one receiver, your star receiver, and a, a good quarterback needs that. But you don't want that to be your only reliance once it comes to the season because if Justin Fields is going to take that next step, he needs to be able to work with the other receivers and pass catchers in on that team and in that room. So I do agree with that overall sentiment that it's good to hear about all of these guys because that means that they are actively trying to round out the playbook so that everyone is involved and it's not just, oh, God, I'm under pressure or, oh, my reads aren't going so screw it DJ Moore, like just, and hope for the best. Like that does give me a little bit of faith there as well. Yeah, no, a hundred percent because I mean, did, cause DJ Moore also isn't Justin Jefferson. Like he's great, but right. he's not just like, like sure. you might be able to say, Hey, well, I mean, you just rely on Justin Jefferson because he's Justin Jefferson. DJ Moore, I he's think not he's not a top five receiver. receiver, but yeah, he's not a top five receiver in the NFL. So it's important to, and he already has that relationship with Mooney, but to get it down the line. And, and he has sort of relationship with EQ St. Brown. They had some, a decent connection last year. Well, um, that's a guy who's going to be on the roster. So, and he's probably going to get, I, what? I mean, it's just, if we're, if we're doing this, right, I mean, he's wide receiver four. Yes. He's wide well, receiver four. It's not that But you far, hope hey. by week three, that he's what? Five or six. Cause of Tyler Scott hope. and maybe Bayless Jones. Bayless? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, maybe he gets cut. I don't know. Well, well, I'm I not mean, saying cut. I'm not hoping the guy's out of a job. But like, yeah, you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, famously, <laughs> famously. Um, you want to do a little finger training camp? I would love to. All right, let's do a little finger training camp, uh, and then we'll hit on a couple other things. So, a lot of different storylines coming out of training camp, but as we do with this segment, some of them might not be real. We just mm-hmm. don't know. Mm-hmm. But we're here to tell you if they're real or not. And that's why it's called thing or training camp. Cause we're going to tell you if this is a real thing or is it just the typical training camp, pish posh, jabba, 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 da. So let's go with, I don't know what jabba, jabba, jabba was. I don't yeah, know. That was weird. I, yeah, I was trying know, to find a word. That and I just, let's workshop that one. Couldn't, couldn't get a word out. Um, it happens to everybody. You know what I mean? Like there's so many times, especially in this business, when I'm doing this podcast, I'm trying to think of a word, like a nice, big, strong word just mm-hmm. doesn't come to mind and i'm like fuck i gotta revert to some weird word or there's some awkward silence it's common occurrence Very less common is more occurrence. sometimes kevin less is more less sometimes. is more yeah fair enough okay right, let's, enough. let's go get to thing her training camp deonta foreman is apparently playing really well in training camp is he rb1 meaning 
Does he trot out with the team in their first offensive possession against the Green Bay Packers and receive majority of the snaps as a running back in week one? Deonta Foreman, that is. Will he be RB1, at least for week one? We're not going to talk about from the season, but you know, week one is only, I think, 38 days away, so we're approaching it. Mm-hmm. Is Deonta Foreman RB1? Daniel Trainee can. Uh, assuming health, too, obviously. I'll say this is the thing. I mean, I, just because Khalil Herbert, uh, I'm going to say this is the thing. Deonta Foreman really showed out at the end of the last year for the Packers, or for the Packers, for the Panthers. Uh, you will be playing the Packers in week one, famously. Um, no, but he showed out. He showed the ability to be a bell cow, especially after Christian McCaffrey was traded to the San Francisco 49ers. And this is what you signed him for. You had to bring him in, not had to, but you brought him in because Cleo Herbert has shown injury issues. You drafted Roshan Johnson. And, you know, this might be a conversation for later. Do I expect that Roshan Johnson is the starter come week eight, nine, 10? Yeah, probably. But for week one, to break the game, first huddle, majority of the snaps week one, game one. I think it's going to be out of Foreman because he has earned that reputation as a guy that can carry the load for a game. And this is what you signed him for to be a part of this offense. And we know the Bears want to run the ball. So I will say that, yes, this is a thing. Yeah, I think it's a thing as well. I mean, I don't know if people really remember how good of a season he had last year. I mean, you know, yeah. once he came in for Christian McCaffrey, I mean, he ended the season in nine, with 914 yards, averaging four and a half yards per carry on five touchdowns. Like, those are good numbers for what was only about a 10-9 game stint as RB1 with the Panthers and still was splitting a little bit of time with Chuba Hubbard. Uh, this is a really good player who's only 27 years old, not a ton of tread on the tires. And I, I think he's, he's proving in training camp that he's going to be, quote-unquote, the guy. And again, in this offense, quote-unquote, the guy doesn't mean a, somebody who's going to get 65% of the carries. Like, he might just mean get 35 to- it could, yeah, that's exactly right. Like that, that's it, it, the difference between him and Kalu Herbert could be very subtle, but he might just have that edge in, in the most critical moments in the red zone, right? Where, you know, they're going to run the ball on, on a power, on an RB power. They're giving it to him instead of Herbert because he's a little bigger. I, I just think that they're going to defer to him in a lot of those situations, and that's okay. And I don't think there's a necessity either to rush Roshan Johnson into anything. He's a rookie, sure. he has a lot to, to learn and hat and you know, simply has to get more game action, right? He's playing behind Bijan Robinson all those years in in, in uh, at, at Texas. He's gonna he's gonna need to to get acclimated in the NFL in a, in a league that's a different speed with different types of guys hitting you at the line of scrimmage. And and I, I I'm not saying he's not up to the task, but in important games early on in the year, you don't want to have to be relying on a guy like Roshan Johnson. And that's why I think maybe come week eight or week nine, especially if the guy goes down, you'll start to see an increased uh, workload for him. But I do think week one, it'll be down to form and I'm expecting a lot. What I will say is if you're a fantasy owner and you're drafting soon, I know a lot of uh, leagues are drafting soon, including our league that's drafting on August 27th. Don't draft a Bears running back. Like, I don't think there's any value in it because the touchdowns are going to be cut in half because of Justin Fields getting most of the rushing touchdowns. And you just don't know on a week-to-week basis who's going to be getting the ball most of the time. Like, there is no attraction for me, at least, to say, yeah, I'm going to draft Khalil Herbert or Deonta Foreman or if you're in a really deep 16-team league, Roshan Johnson. There's just – I just don't – do not do it. I just I, – right. I, I would stay away. Let's go to Nate Davis here in the offensive line. 
been missing from practice the past couple of days. A little bit concerned about his health. This is your quote-unquote solution, I guess, at guard in the offseason. You knew that it was a hole, and they went after a guy who um, you know, was lower priced, who has a little bit of optimism and a little bit of potential to be greater than what he was in Tennessee. But he's not getting the reps in training camp. Now, Jatera Carter has been playing well, and that's good to see. But Nate Davis is out. Is he a legitimate concern for you? And does, does that really give you legitimate concern for the rest of the offensive line if Nate Davis isn't going to be there uh, at right guard to, to start the season? Yeah, I mean, this is a thing. Uh, this is the guy that you, like you said, you signed to be your solution at, at right guard and to be, you know, quote unquote, your kind of <laughs> fixer and your, you know, your uh, flex seal for this, uh, for this offensive seal, line. That's good. Because He's youngish, you know, he's late 20s, entering his prime, and you needed somebody to insert on this offensive line. It's part of the reason why you moved Cody Whitehair to center, Tevin Jenkins to left guard, and did all this reshuffling. And now this guy might not be there, and you have to have Lucas Patrick in there at right guard, where, yeah, he played there a little bit last season, but he's an injury risk too. What happens if he goes down? Then what? Larry Borum, maybe? Jatir Carter, so on and so forth. It's just a domino effect. Like this is one of the guys that you were counting on to be a significant contributor to this team this year and protect Justin Fields. You don't want to do this rotating cast again with Justin Fields where then he can't be comfortable. He doesn't know who he can trust. He's not, you know, he's wondering, is this guy going to, you know, get beat right now? Or where is Nate? And that could happen with Nate Davis too, of course. But if the guy that you signed to be there day one is there day one, you have more confidence in this offensive line and you don't want to be shuffling the reps and, have all this dysfunction on your offensive line, which we've talked about time and time again, is going to be so important to Justin Fields being good or not this season and him making that next step, next leap, next whatever you want to call it, into being the potential Bears franchise quarterback for the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, it's a, it's very much a thing. And, it, and there was a little concern in your voice there. There was a little bit uh, legitimate Me, no, concern. Yeah, no, never. Uh, very optimistic, Jake, uh, famously. Very optimistic, not pessimistic Jake, pessimistic Jake, but I am concerned about it as well. And the thing that you talked about most that we've been preaching for this offensive line is please continuity. Let's get the same five guys out there for at least training camp and at least the first couple of weeks of the season. We know injuries are going to happen. It's all right. But first couple of weeks, I want to see our guys out there, the same unit working with each other, knowing the speed uh, that each other plays at, knowing where each guy is going to be on every given play. And you're not getting those reps right now with Nate Davis in there. And maybe Jatir Carter is, is good enough as a replacement for as long as Nate Davis may be out, if he is going to miss actual weeks of the season. Um, but these are important reps. Like we always will, yeah. we'll, we'll go back to this at some point during the season, if the Bears offensive line is struggling because Nate Davis is out, or if he comes back and he's struggling um, in the first few weeks that he comes back, people, we're going to go come back to this moment and say, well, part of the reason is he wasn't there in training camp. He wasn't there to communicate with the rest of the offensive line every single day for those few hours. And, and those things are critical. So uh, it, it concerns me. And I'm a little bit concerned about Cody white here. I've been seeing too many reports about balls on the ground, about, you know, the ball spinning, you know, the wrong ways when he's snapping it to Justin Fields. I almost might want to make a bold prediction. I don't know. Uh, I would have to ask somebody who's been there. I don't know if Lucas Patrick has been getting second team center reps or if he's been getting mm. first team guard reps. I'm not sure about that. Um, but I think there's a chance that at least for five games this year, Lucas Patrick will be the starting center. I, I, oh, I think that, that might happen. Uh, I think, Five's kind of a lot. 
Five is almost a third of the season. I know. It's um, not great. Thing, if that's the case, things are not but, going well. Yeah, but Even I'm not sure. Even if there's a win in 10 games, that can't be the case. I'm not sure, though, because I actually have a more positive outlook on Lucas Patrick than most do. Like, Sure, no, sure, this isn't a Lucas Patrick conversation. This is just an entire offensive line conversation. Because oh, you're, you're saying like, oh, things, oh, well, I mean. Like, like we talked about, domino effect. Like I said a couple minutes ago, like this, there's levels to this where if Lucas Patrick is playing yeah. five weeks at center, what does that mean happen to one of the guards or Cody Whitehair or some, and then how does that affect the rest of this offensive line? Because like, that's just, there's a domino effect to that. If for almost a third of the season, if that's the case, things are not good. Like you're in a bad spot and yeah. Okay. Maybe Lucas Patrick ends up being a really good center and maybe Jatir Carter ends up being a really good guard, but on the surface level, as of today, you know, on August 2nd, like if you have five starts coming for Lucas Patrick at center, things are not good. Like you're, it, you're not winning 10 games that way. You're not. Yeah, I mean, part of it's probably, yeah, it's I, 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 I think Cody Whitehurst is an injury prone player. He's going to go down. That's part of the, sure. I, I factored that into it, but I mean, it, I also wouldn't want the bears to say, to look at the situation. And if, if Cody Whitehurst struggling in the first couple of weeks and he's, and he's fumbling slaps, why, why keep him in there? Like that, like, I think there's two ways to look at it, right? You, you, you breed continuity. And you and you and you yes. preach the continuity there, but at the same time, it, it, at the center position, if you're not able to snap the ball to the quarterback and you're causing takeaways that are game changing plays, like the game is based off of takeaways, then I'm sorry, you might have to throw the continuity out the window and put in a different guy. Like we preach that uh, for months and months and weeks and days. Sure, when, but when but if that's Moose the case, defer, but if it's a switch because of bad snaps, fumbled snaps, etc., whatever you want to say then that switch has to happen right away. Like you can't wait till like, okay, yeah. let's say you said five games. You can't wait till week 12 to make that, that change. Like that has to happen right away. Or like you can't do that change mid season. Cause then if it's only five games, then that implies that you're going back to Cody white here at some point. Right. So like, that's what I mean. Like more to my point, more so to my point then that means things are bad. Like things are not going well then. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's fair. And, and who knows? Like, there's a couple weeks left to train again. Okay, I I think I'm not gonna say that Lucas Patrick would be the starting center week one. I don't think that's possible. But like, if, if these issues persist and get if worse, that's gonna be, if that's gonna be the case, that has to, it has to have yes, it has to happen by Monday at the latest. If that's what's gonna be the situation, if they're even thinking about it, like you can't hem and haw with this over multiple preseason games. You have to have Correct. this set by the first preseason game. Like you can't have this. Like if Justin Fields is still very much in his developmental era as a quarterback, you can't be changing this shit around. You can't be toying with this stuff. Come week one of the season, like you come week one, like that was part of the problem last year is because you weren't sure exactly who was playing where by week four, by, you know, by week one, like you have to have this cemented and ready and communication and calls and everything done by week one, the time for tinkering is over. That was last season. You're past that. If you want to be a playoff team, if you want to be a team that wins 10 games, to use your example, this shit's got to be done already. Like you got it. This is not like good football teams aren't still doing this. Like it's over. Like you, like you had that opportunity. If you want to tinker and, and mess with this, do it in the next five days. Because otherwise, like this is it, man. Buckle up, buckle it, buckle up because this is it. This is what you got. Like you have to roll with what you have. Like if you're gonna make a change, do it in the next five days. Otherwise, keep it moving. And that's exactly why. Good rant, by the way. That was well done. Thank you. Exactly why. 
You are. You really are. I want these guys to play meaningful, not meaningful. That's the wrong word to play snaps in the preseason. Like this is right. one of the reasons I I've been hearing that Matt Abraflus might want to take the cautious route with the pre I, I, I injury. I understand. I get it. But with this team and the stage that they're at in their development process and rebuild as a team and, and for exactly what you're talking about with this offensive line specifically, and you know, with the defensive front as well, I got to see these guys playing game reps in the preseason. I, I need to see it, and I think sure. it needs to happen. And that doesn't mean Justin Fields has to play a half in the preseason. No, Justin Fields can play two drives each time. But keep Cody Whitehair out there for a quarter. Keep Lucas Get Lucas Patrick in there for two quarters, right? Solidify right. in actual game action what you're going to do. Try everything you can now. And as Jake said, come with a plan come week one. Don't come with speculation and skepticism come week one. Come with a plan. Come with a specific unit. And and before that, right, like like come hopefully with your plan at least before like preseason game two. And then try out with your actual – what you expect to be your number one unit for the final two games of the preseason. So uh, sure. I'm 100% with you on that. It's definitely something to keep an eye on with the offensive line. Let's do a couple more here. This is uh, interesting. You try to think about the wide receivers in the NFL. It's kind of tough, but – DJ Moore, again, getting a lot of love so far in training camp. His over-under on yards this year is 800. I am absolutely nuking the over. That is absolutely obscene that it is that low, in my opinion, just especially from what we're hearing about the connection between him and Fields. But DJ Moore has the potential to be a top 12 wide receiver in the NFL this year, thing, or training camp. All right, so let's run the exercise. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Two, uh, Tyreek Hill, three, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs. I'd put Jalen Waddle ahead of him right okay. now at August, August, August second. You know, five. As of right now, AJ Brown, uh, AJ Brown, Mike Evans, no, Cooper Cup, okay, DK Metcalf, okay, CD Lamb, Ross St. Brown, okay, uh, okay, uh, okay, I, okay. I, I, Okay, I'll too. give it to Amon Ra. I'll give it to Amon Ra. Yeah. Uh, so that's ten. You put D Hop. No, not anymore. Okay. 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 Not not with Ryan Tannehill. Let's put it that way. Not with Ryan Tannehill or Love, Will Levis. Uh, so we name 10. ten. Is Garrett Wilson better than DJ Moore? Yeah, he might Garrett be. Wilson's better than DJ Moore. So we're at eleven. Garrett Wilson's gonna be so good. I don't think DJ. I don't think Debo Samuel's better than DJ Moore. I I I don't. I'm not. Ooh, a D, that's Debo probably Samuel a take. guy. Uh, it is definitely a take. Get you in trouble. It'll give me uh, major trouble. Right. Sorry. Who are we missing? I feel like there's only Chargers, Broncos. No. Mike Williams, Terry McLaurin, no, Devonta no. Smith. Devonta yeah, Smith. I could. See, I would. I would hear an argument for that. T Higgins. Oh, Jamar Chase. That's who we're missing. You, we said it. We said it. We said it. We said it. We said no, we didn't. No, we didn't. Did. Are you no, sure? We sure didn't. We I'm pretty sure, sure you didn't. led with Jamar Chase. I'm no, like I didn't. I led, no, I led with Justin with... Jefferson. I led with Justin Jefferson. Oh, I'm gonna I, went Justin, I went Jefferson, Devontae. We did not We did not say Jamar Chase. So I'm going to say I'm no. Ridley? Yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, it's hard to say that off a year of suspension. Uh, I'm going to say top 15, but with the potential for top 12. From a production standpoint, though, um, like from a yardage standpoint, I, I'm trying to look up the yards here. Um, B 
you think he'd be top 12 from a reduction standpoint? Let me try to find who the, what, what, what yardage the 12th overall wide receiver had last year. I mean, if you consider like injuries and quarterback injuries as well, like we don't know if Cooper Cup's going to be ready, for example, like, but also like, okay, we, we said no on Terry McLaurin. What if Sam Howell just slings it? Like what if he's just like, what if he's actually like kind of good and just chucks it to Terry McLaurin? That's a possibility. Like, all right. So Chris Olave comes into his own with Derek Carr. 12th leading receiver in the NFL last year was Amari Cooper with 1,160 yards. I think that's achievable. Yeah, I mean, it's achievable. But also, like, think about all the receivers we listed. All of those guys could go over that, too. Yeah. I'm with you. I will say say training camp, only because it's top 12. If you said top 15, I would say it's a thing. Okay. So he's putting DJ Moore between the 12 and 15 range. I think that's totally fine. Last one I have for you here – We've talked about this before, obviously, a ton of times. Thinger training camp, Yannick Ngakwe will be a bear. And I know we do this a lot, and there's a lot of reports. But I want to hear it from either Rapsheet or Schefter. Right. And Rapsheet was at training camp today. He did the inside training camp thing with NFL Network today, Wednesday, and said that the Bears are a, a likely target for Yannick Ngakwe. When I hear that from somebody like him, I know it's legit, and I know it's real, and it makes too much sense. And I think it's going to happen. And I'm going to put it on paper right now. The Bears are going to sign Yannick Ngakwe within the next two weeks. I did this for the Bears trading with Carolina. Remember I did this? I manifested it. I manifested it You did. Yeah, that's true. This is Wednesday, August 2nd. The Bears will sign Yannick Ngakwe before August 16th. Lock it in. He will be a Bear before the 2023 season. Jake, is that a thing or training camp? Or am I crazy? When's the first preseason game for the Bears? August 12th against the Tennessee Titans. Get excited to watch some Malik. I will say that the Bears sign Yannick Agakwe on Monday, August 14th. I'll say it's done. So I agree with you in that two-week time span. I will say it takes one preseason game. They say, oh, shit, we need somebody else in here. Oh, my God, this is a bad situation. And they and they say, hey, uh, yeah, wh- whatever you want. One year, uh, whatever we were trying to lowball you, sorry. We'll give you the number you said. Okay, great. See you. Tomorrow, your key card will work. Click. I'll, I'll, say Monday, I'll, I'll say Monday, August 14th, following that per, first preseason game, is when Yannick Ngakwe is announced as a Chicago Bear. I say this is a thing as well. I'm totally making this a clip. We're locking it in there. Um, for the sake of it, I'll go uh, Sunday, August 13th. All right. or are are people in the building, though? That's the only reason I said Monday, because I'm not mm-hmm. sure, like, are people in the building on Sunday? Oh. There's one man in the building, Jake, and his name is Ryan Poles on the damn phone with the agent of Yannick Ngakwe. That's exactly right. Got to think Virginia's, that Virginia's somewhere roaming, eating crawled around worms or something. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, Kevin, she's a hundred years old. You got to think that the bone structure of her jaw can't handle gummy worms right now. Applesauce. Um, power rank the Bears right now to the NFL. Say like. I'd say uh, 18. I was going to say, I'm not going to cop out and, and steal Parkinson's 16. <laughs> That's I why say, I did that. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's the right range though. 16, is 18 is where right I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to go as the eternal pessimist on the show. I'm going to say 20. Not, it's not that pessimistic, right, Jake. I mean, There's a yeah, lot of people outside the right Chicago now. market who would be like, that's way too high because they won three games last year. Um, great stuff today, my guy. We might, I might get out at training camp. 
so hopefully we'll have some content for you guys the next week. Yeah, you put one tweet out and you immediately got like five replies. How many of those do you think were bots? Dude, they were all bots. It was the weirdest thing. I've never seen that before. Like, cause it, it wasn't, it wasn't just like porn bots. It was like ticket bots. They were like, right, no, I yeah. have tickets. Like DM me. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. It was very, very, very strange. Elon's in it. The X, X is taking over. Unbelievable. Stupid fucking thing. Anyway, Bears preseason, 10 games, uh, 10 days away. We'll do a, a preview episode for that. Um, we'll talk to Jaquan Brisker's trainer next week. Have some little, little fun with that. Just see what he's been doing in the off season. Um, could probably tell some, crazy freaking Aaron Donald story too. So that'll be cool. Absolutely. But, no. Yeah. That'll be good. So stick around, uh, not stick around, obviously do whatever you gotta do with y'all have lives, but come back next week for when we have that conversation. And when we talk about the preseason game one, we are almost there. Football is almost back in our lives where we can nitpick the offensive line combinations and we can, you know, be very overcritical of these rookies in this rookie class. And we can cry and whine and shake and throw up about why the starters not playing in game one of the preseason, but we'll be here regardless to break it down, to preview it and to have a conversation with uh, our special guests. So that'll be fun. So come back next week. That's what we have in store for you then. But for now, this has been bears nation podcast, myself, Jake Hassan at Jake underscore H a S two him. Kevin Charles, at, well, you know, your name is Kevin Charles, at Kev Charles 112 on X, on Twitter, whatever you want to call it, and the show at Bears Nation Pod. And of course, go follow at ONTAP Sportsnet. Go to ONTAP Sportsnet for all things Bears. We've got all kinds of different content coming out on ONTAP Sports, not just from us, but from everybody over there. And it's going to be electric. So go be sure to go check that out. But for now, and until next week, this has been Bears Nation Podcast. And as always, Bear Down. Bear down. <laughs>